0: Hello, everybody. It's My Fishing Cape Cod podcast host, Kevin Collins. Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast presented by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Cotter Boats. It's my pleasure to share with you this week not only an excerpt from our weekly fishing report podcast, but also our bi-monthly surfcasting report podcast for advanced anglers with MFCC member Calvin Torrance Sandlin. Now for those that may be unfamiliar with Calvin, he's a very experienced surf casting angler here on Cape. If there's stripers in the water, no matter what the conditions, he's going after them. Calvin arguably puts in as much time as anybody that I know out there targeting large class striped bass. Most of his time is spent on shore and in the boulder fields. He's fishing five, six nights a week this time of year, and he's kind enough to share his experiences, his knowledge, and expertise with us. Now, as I mentioned, this is an excerpt of my conversation with Calvin. If you want to hear the full conversation, head on over to myfishingcapecod.com. It's there where you can use your username and login to not only access the fishing report formatted podcast, but also these Advanced Surf Casting Anglers podcasts with Calvin. The Fishing Report podcast goes up once a week, usually on Thursdays or Fridays leading into your weekend. And my chats with Calvin go up twice a month, every other week. Now, if you're not yet a member of MyFishingCapeCod.com, I encourage you to go on over to the site, MyFishingCapeCod.com. It's there where you can sign up for a month's membership. Give us a try, and if you don't like it or it's not for you, no hard feelings, you can cancel at any point. So really, you've got absolutely nothing to lose. So head on over to MyFishingCapeCod.com, consider giving us a try, and enjoy my conversation with Calvin Torren Sandlin. We talk a little bit about the wind and some different, I'll say, factors that are going to go into your selections of regions to fish and how you're going to fish them. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about your setup for these different conditions? Uh, Rod, reel, line, leader, kind of depending on the spot, and and perhaps give us some examples of what you're kind of facing out there.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Well, when I'm fishing Boulder Field's heavy structure, I really do believe that heavy gear is the appropriate um, answer for those situations, not only because it gives you a better shot at landing a fish, but it allows you to land green fish, uh, healthy fish that you can safely release. If I'm fishing heavy structure, heavy boulder fields, or this summer um, fishing areas that have a lot of sharks in them, I'll bump my gear up to say a 50 pound mainline with a 60 or 80 pound leader because that not only gives me the ability to turn a fish, but it gives me the ability to get a fish off of structure um, with that longer, heavier leader to create some abrasion resistance if I uh, wind up around a rock or whatever submerged structure I'm fishing. Now, certain areas in Cape Cod Bay, we have uh, a lot of extended sandy bar and trough patterns. A lot of times distance is key in those situations, so I might downsize a little bit to something like a 40 pound or 30 pound mainline, maybe a 40 pound liter. I was fishing a spot this past week, uh, and I made what I would consider a little bit of an error. I was on a good bite, kind of one of those uh, outgoing tide scenarios, fishing a fairly sandy um, structure. And I chose, for a specific reason, to tie on a 40-pound leader. That being, at this spot, at the top of the tide, I see a lot of what I call fire in the water, or bioluminescence. It can create kind of a sheen or glow around not only your plug and the fish that are in the water, but also your main line and leader. So I downsized a little bit to try to avoid too much signature in the water that might turn off um, or spook fish. I got into a number of decent fish, and at one point I had a very large fish break me off. So what I didn't do in that situation was I didn't adapt to the conditions that tide dropped and I started to see less fire and I started to see larger fish. I feel like I should have probably upgraded to something like 50 or 60 pound leader, just because when you're catching one fish after another, even in a sandy environment, those fish will drag along the bottom. They'll do anything to throw that hook. And that leader is going to get abraded. It's going to get worn down. Your knots might fail. What I didn't do was I didn't do my due diligence to check my leader, check my main line, throughout that tide to make sure that that you wouldn't have a, a point of failure and so that's one of those things where hindsight is twenty twenty. and when you're on the water I would always recommend consider the conditions consider how they change and um, consider how that might affect your gear and how you adapt to the situations at hand
0: and one of the other things I wanted to talk about too is as we're talking about this transitional period that we're entering into What are some of the signs that you're looking for, you know, uh, say as you go out this week or the time that you've spent over the past three or four days fishing, you know, you look for telltale signs that things are changing, things are shifting. You know, you you mentioned the the fish themselves, uh, they'll look to perhaps feed a little bit heavier, maybe this north, northeast blow that we're getting this week uh, in the middle of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, that might signify to them, you know, the, the 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 change of the season, so to speak, where they might feed a little heavier. Maybe they school. Maybe they start to think about, you know, that migratory pattern. But what are some of the signs that, that you're looking for as an angler uh, to signify that?
1: Well, one of the major ones, and I think I'm not alone in looking for this, when we start to see big balls of bait set up in places like the south side, uh, those peanut bunker or that rain bait, That is a great uh, signal that the fall run is about to kick off. Um, When the funny fish, the albies and the bonito, we know they've started to show up in numbers around Cape Cod now. They show up at least partly due to that bait presence. So that's another great signifier. Now, I don't necessarily chase those fish all that much. I dedicate more of my time to hunting for striped bass at night. But when you keep an eye on the reports and you start to see that come in more and more, Uh, that's a great sign that not only will those fish be feeding on those peanut bunker and rain bait situations but that bass will be feeding on those same baits uh, after dark so the bait presence is obviously a a big sign for me Um, as we've talked about quite a bit uh, that wind shift starting to see different wind patterns and uh, cooling air and water temperatures that's uh, very important and it not only signifies, but it helps kick off the fall run. Probably the other one that I would say is uh a good signal is when some of those fall run spots start to get crowded. Uh, mm. Guys start to dial in on uh that bite, and uh the the info gets out there, and that's when you have to start getting creative and finding new spots, different spots out of the way areas where you can still make a good presentation and still have a uh, successful outing without tangled lines and plugs and jigs flying past your head at 2 a.m.
0: For sure. And one of the things we chatted about, too, uh, in the last podcast is the presence of of different things in the water. Um, And we spoke a lot about the different tropical fish uh, that have moved into our area, and we certainly still continue to see reports on social media of those fish being taken. What are you seeing out there, Calvin? Um,
1: Lately, I've been seeing quite a few very large needlefish in some of the same waters I'm hunting for bass. That's not only a cool tropical species, and it can be fun to target in its own right, but I have a feeling that, at least to some extent, those bass may key in on and target needlefish. So I don't think it's a bad idea to be carrying a few um, either large soft plastics like a sluggo or true needlefish plugs um, this time of year. Seeing a lot of banded rudderfish, which, um, if I remember correctly, are a member of the jack family. This time of year, we also start to see other interesting tropical species. Uh, some jacks will migrate up the coast. Uh, Lizardfish—I saw a couple of those while snorkeling uh, a couple of days ago in a fairly shallow sandy area. So it's always interesting to see kind of the the biodiversity that we have uh, late in the summer season one thing for anyone who's in the water around cape cod right now especially on the south side or in buzzards bay especially for those wetsuiters or wet waders or swimmers um there's a lot of lion's mane jellyfish they're nasty critters they'll give you a good sting and i had one night where i think i counted 30 or 40 on a tide drift by in the sweep something to keep in mind and Uh, be a little cognizant of when you're out there on the water.
0: And what do those guys look like, Calvin? I don't think I'm familiar with those.
1: I've typically seen them. They usually have a uh, kind of pale to reddish uh, bulb on top. Some of them have quite long trailing tentacles behind them. They're very distinct when you compare them to something like uh, the moon jellyfish, uh, which are more common in our waters um, throughout the season. And they typically have um, kind of a clear bulb. Uh, the lion's manes, like I said, they're red, they look nasty, and they have long tentacles. I would stay away from them. And if you do have the uh, misfortune to encounter them, flushing the sting with hot water typically has helped for me. Best to just be wary and to uh, avoid them when when possible.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely helpful. And, and thanks for describing what those guys look like. I was I was definitely curious so I can look out for myself and my four-legged first mate on my little lobster vessel. as we push toward the last week here in August, um, I want to use our last few minutes here to just talk about uh, I'll say your strategy uh, heading into Labor Day weekend we'll call it. Um, you know what are some things you're looking forward to trying um, and some th- you know new challenges that you're looking forward to as we flip the script into September?
1: we're almost at the point where I'll start going back to some of those spring spots, which will fish well in the fall as well. Uh, Certain locations, the water's still too warm. So I'm still going to be uh, maintaining kind of that summertime pattern for a little while longer while also staying flexible to shifting conditions. If I have a strong Northeast wind, well, I'll probably shift my, uh, kind of approach for that night and try to fish some white water conditions uh wetsuit out a little bit have some fun but maintaining those summertime patterns that have been producing uh I've been having very good luck in certain areas uh with quite sizable fish so far this season and I don't see that shifting uh quite yet so I'll try to remain on those fish while keeping an eye on those signifiers that we talked about that it might be time to start looking at some new water as the water begins to cool and the bait begins to move in and those fish begin to migrate. Um, So I'm still throwing a lot of eels pretty soon. I'm going to be still throwing a lot of eels, but carrying a lot more needles, a lot more bucktails, having some fun with different plugs and different approaches. Um, And the fall run is great not only because you can catch a lot of fish, but because you can experiment with different um, techniques. Once you've caught a few fish with one method, a lot of times it's fun to try to mix it up. Uh, It's not only fun and rewarding, but it's also a great uh, learning experience when you see how a certain plug or a certain jig um, reacts during a bite to produce fish or not produce fish in certain situations.
0: And I think you might have just answered my question here, but you're hint-hinting at plugs and jigs. Are we starting to get to that time where Calvin, I'll say, starts to experiment more with that as opposed to just sticking with your standard eel presentation?
1: I think last September and October, I only threw eels a handful of nights, which is interesting because I throw eels most nights, Uh, during the summer months, just because of how productive they are. Uh, If history kind of repeats itself, and I I feel like the patterns usually hold consistent in the spots I fish, I'll be doing very well mixing it up with needlefish, with bucktails. Uh, In certain situations, big metal lips were really productive last fall, and I think that can be one of the most fun uh, experiences you can have in the surf um, it's it's rewarding when you're out there uh, fishing big water and throwing nine, ten inch heavy surface swimming metal lips. and it's it's like a daytime blitz where big bass are coming up on top, and you can either watch them or you can hear them crushing these plugs in the white water. Uh, I don't think it gets much better than that when it comes to surf fishing. Um, around Cape Cod or here on the Northeast.
0: My thanks to proud My Fishing Cape Cod member, Calvin Torren Sandlin, for joining us here on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, presented by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats. As I mentioned off the top of this recording, if you're a member of My Fishing Cape Cod, head on over to myfishingcapecod.com. It's there where you can use your username and your password to find this week's edition of the podcast both the fishing report and my advanced anglers conversation with Calvin. If you're not yet a member, I encourage you to head on over to the site. Consider giving us a try. You can sign up for a month, and if you decide it's not for you, you can cancel at any time without any hard feelings. So I sure hope everybody considers giving My Fishing Cape Cod a try. And thanks for taking time out of your busy week to join us here on the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. Until we chat again, this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. Tight lines and take care.